Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number 241, and we have the amazing Gino Wickman back on the show today. Hi, this is Gino Wickman. You are listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlansky. Enjoy. Well, I'm just pumped to have Gino Wickman back on the show today. And we had a really great conversation in the last episode about do you have what it takes? And Gino also shared eight mistakes you can make as an entrepreneur. And one of them is wrong pricing. And we are going to go deep on this topic in this show so that you stop pricing too low and you are really thriving in your business. Gino is an entrepreneur and he started being an entrepreneur at the age of 20. One, he has an obsession for learning what makes businesses and entrepreneurs thrive. At 25, he took over his family business, which was deeply in debt and in need of help. And after turning the company around and running it for seven years, he and his partner successfully sold the company. Gino went on to develop the entrepreneurial operating system EOS, which is a practical method of helping companies achieve greatness. And so far, almost 100,000 companies are using the EOS tools worldwide, which I am super excited about. And his brand new book called The Entrepreneurial Leap just came out. And Gino and I will have a another conversation about what it takes to be an entrepreneur. So enjoy. Well, I'm so happy to have you back on the show, Gino. Welcome. Happy to be back. Thank you. Yeah, I loved our conversation about your brand new book, Entrepreneurial Leap, because it shows people if they have that entrepreneurial gene, if they should go down that path to really taking that big leap and leaving a corporate job or leaving the traditional, you know, go to school, get good grades, go to university, college, whatever, get a good job, which a lot of people do because that is what society most of the time teaches us. But I know so many people who've gone down that path and had the realization that still they checked all those boxes and they're not happy. Yeah. something is missing and then they wonder what that could be and a lot of them discover that being your own boss might be a really good option <laughs> mm -hmm. and then they take the leap and oftentimes it's a big leap of faith <laughs> but with your book with the help of your book there's so much more clarity and we talked about the eight mistakes that you need to avoid and in the last episode And one I really, really think is such an important one. I would love to go deeper into that. As you said, like setting the wrong pricing, pricing your services or products too low. And I'm a big believer that if you go for the high priced market, you also get those customers that are more engaged, that get better results because they have more skin in the game. And also it helps your company to grow faster And with the money you have, you can do so many cool things that you can't do without it. So mm -hmm. it helps both parties. What's your point of view and why do you think it's so important to charge more? Well, and I would suggest this, okay, because we talked in the previous episode a little bit about um, the tool I created called My Biz Match, which helps an entrepreneur making decide the right business. And one of the criteria in deciding the right business for you 
is the type of entrepreneur you are and what you're drawn to in the way of, are you a high price, high quality, highest price in town, low volume kind of an entrepreneur, or are you low price, high volume, um, you know, kind of an economic focused entrepreneur? And both work and both succeed amazingly, but you can't be both. You know, you can't sell both the highest, most valuable price in town and the lowest. So the point is, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, charge the most because even if you're the low cost provider, it's the same rule of thumb that says, you know, look at your pricing and you probably could raise your pricing assuming you, what you're offering the world is valuable. And so what we talked about is the mistakes and the mistake is whatever we're talking about, a product, a service, high end, low end, entrepreneurs have this classic mistake. And in my opinion, it stems from insecurity and a psychological disorder that you undervalue yourself. And so the point is, the price that you're thinking, you probably should charge more. And so that could be if you're selling a Lamborghini or a light bulb. So this isn't about go sell the most expensive thing. It's about you psychologically, classically, historically are probably going to underprice yourself. And it's literally the difference between going into business or staying in business and being out of business. And what I would offer is a resource to your listeners. There's an amazing TED Talk video by Casey Brown, C-A-S-E-Y, Casey Brown, who's the expert on pricing. And she goes right to the root of how to price, why you're underpricing, really, really powerful stuff. And as I shared in the previous expert, uh, in the previous episode, Dan Sullivan and his pricing strategy, which is pick the number that scares you the most and add 20%. So that's what it's about. And then one last little point is um, one of my early clients um, that I took through my EOS process, they were charging $95 an hour for their service. They had text that provided a service. And, and I convinced them to raise their price to $99 an hour. They didn't lose one client. They didn't skip a beat and they dropped 4% to their bottom line. And so 4% is the difference between a company surviving and not surviving. So I just urge, you know, your listener, when they take their leap, look at that pricing and, and charge what you are worth. Yeah. So why do you think people underprice so often? Because I see that over and over again, especially when I go through pricing strategies with my clients, they, they don't see it. Right. So what's what's your experience? What what do you think is the biggest cause or reason that people put a wrong price tag on their services or products? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's insecurity. I mean, at the root of it is fear, self-worth. They just don't feel they're worth it. You know, and so let's do something as simple as when you have to sell you to somebody. Let's pretend you're selling a service and you're a consultant and whatever it is, you know, you're going to go into somebody's house and help them organize their house. You can build an empire around that one simple strategy, but you go in there and, and you are the best. Let's pretend you're the best. Psychologically, human beings are a little screwed up and you should be charging $100 an hour because you're the best in town and you charge $40 an hour because you're afraid that they won't say yes, you don't feel you're worth it, How are you, who are you to dare to charge $100 an hour? Well, listen, you're worth it. And I promise you there are people walking this earth that will pay you that. And so it's all psychological insecurity, fear-based. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's what my experience is too. And once you help them to see the value, it usually is pretty easy to change the price point. Exactly right. You got it starts with you got to believe it yourself, and then the words, my experience, and they just come out. But yeah, you've got to convince you've got to convince your client that you're worth it. You got to educate them. Yeah. So wh- why and um, the number one mistake people people make is really having that vision. So what does a vision include, right? So many people say, I'm, I'm just going to create a million dollar company, right? Because I don't know, maybe it's a cool thing. Maybe that's a magic number. Maybe that's a number where they see their dreams come true. What are the components of a vision and why is that so important? Yeah, and, and so I referenced a tool in the previous interview, and it's, so it's called My Vision Clarifier, free and downloadable from the website. It's in the book. And, and so the components are things like knowing your passion. First and foremost, as that entrepreneur taking the leap, you've got to know why you're doing this. You've got to know the dent that you want to put in the universe. You've got to know what you're passionate about because you're going to get your ass kicked about a hundred times over the next 10 years. And the only way you're going to pick this up is to know why the heck you're doing this. And so it's things like knowing your passion. It's things like knowing who your customer is and getting really clear on saying, this is the demographic, the geographic and the psychographic of my ideal client. This is who they are and where they are and what they are and getting really focused on that so that your selling message the language you use, the, co- the colors you use in your marketing, where you market, you're, you're directing everything at that particular individual. It's things like knowing your business's sweet spot. It's, it's knowing exactly what it is that you're going to do, the service you're going to provide for that person, to be able to say in a sentence, here's what I'm going to do for you. It's knowing exactly where you want to land 10 years from now. So 10 years from now, what is the number one overriding goal that you're going to work toward? It's having a clear picture just a few years out of what it's going to look like. I recommend three years. It's knowing what you've got to get done this year. It's knowing what you've got to get done in the next 90 days. So it's things like that. And the My Vision Clarifier takes that entrepreneur in the making through the process of, of answering those things. And is there also like a part, like really knowing how you would love your life to look like in general, that yeah, you actually all, build the business around it? Yeah, and that's all part of that, you know, that three-year, and so you want to put those elements in there. And, and here's the reality, you know, so what I'm talking about, I, I urge you and get you to do in one page, okay? In one document, one page, all at a glance, short and sweet. You could literally turn that into a hundred page document. So all of a sudden there's this return on your time invested. And, and the more you put into that document, the less you're going to remember, the rest, less your people are going to remember. So I urge you to keep it simple. So you can certainly put aspects of your personal life in there, but here's the reality. If you're a true entrepreneur, you're going to have people, you're going to have employees. You may have a thousand someday. With all due love and respect, they don't care about what your personal life looks like. So this document and this tool is all about your company that you're going to build. And it's making sure that your customers understand that vision, your employees understand that vision, your vendors and partners understand that vision. And so me, I would default to keeping it personal and do, I'm sorry, keep it business and then keep your personal stuff on the side. But listen, you're the entrepreneur. You get to do whatever the heck you want to do. 
Yeah. So I, I, I would say like have two visions. <laughs> One you share with everybody in the company. So you are going for the same goals and then also have your own vision where everything fits in, in the whole picture. Like how do you want to feel? What do you want to do as an entrepreneur? Once you achieved all of that, or I, you know, to overcome obstacles, it's always a good reminder to know where you want to go personally that then helps you to overcome these challenges. Yeah. And, and by the way, speaking of experience, I absolutely have the same thing. You know, I have my business plan and I have my personal plan. So I highly yeah. recommend the exact same thing. Yeah. Awesome. So now we confirmed, we have a glimpse. We know what not to do or which mistakes to avoid. And now we're going to go onto that path. Yes. <laughs> so what, what do I need on the path, right? Here I am on my PC, here's my phone, that's my desk, that's my big idea and vision, what's next? Well, yeah, and so here's, so, so now what we're gonna do is we're gonna drill down a little bit on the third part of the book, and that is what I call path. And again, there are aspects of path are helping you to decide college or not, helping you decide your passion, how to find a mentor, tenure thinking, eight disciplines to, increase your odds of success in the nine stages. And we can, again, drill as deep down in any one of those as you want. But first thing I would suggest in that first chapter I mentioned about college or not, if you're at an age and you're sitting there thinking you might be an entrepreneur and you confirm and you see a glimpse, you first have to decide college or not. Because what I do is I give all the facts, all the data, and then it's a choice that you make. And, and I give a list of incredibly successful entrepreneurs that did not have a degree and incredibly successful entrepreneurs that have a degree. So when in doubt, you should probably go to college, but it's a decision and choice you have to make for yourself. Um, because the number one feedback I got from entrepreneurs that are successful that went to college, you know, they say the number one benefit they got out of college is the relationships and the social aspect in the testing and proving ground as an entrepreneur. What's funny is every single MBA college graduate client that I work with, I say, are you using anything from your MBA that you got a degree that, that is, you know, the degree that you got? And they say, I'm not using anything I learned from that MBA. So again, it's just, you got to decide why you're going to college, because if you're going there, you know, to learn, and you get the point. So, so anyway, the first step is to decide if it's right for you and for half it is and for half it isn't. The next step is obviously to decide your passion, you know, and so you've got to figure out what your passion is. And one little tool I'll quickly share with your audience is, um, and I give, a, I give multiple exercises to determine what your passion is, but it's a 30 minute exercise. You can do it sitting in your, in a coffee shop, in your bedroom, wherever, but it's a 30 minute thinking exercise, three questions. And so the first question you answer about yourself is what are your three greatest successes? And you sit there for 10 minutes and just write those out and really engage with those and think about those and feel about, feel, feel those. Second question you answer is what are my three biggest failures? And again, spend 10 minutes thinking about those, feeling those, understanding those. And then the third and final question you answer is what has life prepared me for? And you just think about that answer. And because the truth of the matter is all of your experiences led you to something here. And in that, you know, most people's passion stems from a wound or pain or a challenge in their life or a problem they've had to solve. And that's going to help lead you closer to figuring out that passion. And then the, the last one I'll talk about, and you tell me how deep you want to go into the rest is finding a mentor. And it's, it's finding someone who's where you want to be. So 
once you do the my biz match you have a sense of the industry you want to work toward things like that it's going to help you decide who's the right mentor for you because it's somebody who where you want to be you reach out to them you're going to have to find lots of them because you're going to hear some no's and just ask them will you be my mentor and you just simply meet, have a first meeting, share your story, share your ambitions, have them share their stories, their insights. And if it feels really good, decide how, how to go forward with a format. And I spell all that out in an entire chapter on mentoring. Yeah, I would love to go into the mentor thinking and what you need. Because I've, I've seen like on my journey, like starting to invest into myself like, you know, taking my money, not like the company's money or my parents' money, like my money, right? Hard-earned tax money <laughs> to say, well, I want to buy this course or I want to go to this retreat or I want to go to this seminar. That was a pretty big leap just from how the thinking shifted, mm. you know, starting to invest in a book for 10 bucks that doesn't hurt that much than when you buy your first $2,000 course or yeah. a $20,000 um, mastermind or whatever it is. Like, I mean, there are steps in between. So yeah. yes, let's, let's help people to see why this is important because I always thought, well, of course you say it because you sell that stuff. Of course, you tell me it's important to have a mentor. Mm -hmm. So I buy your stuff, yeah. but that's not true. That's like what we perceive when our mindset is not in the best place to really support us. So yeah, I would love to talk about mentors. Yeah, and, and, and so here's something that's really important. You know, the final chapter of the book, yeah, right, is called A Lifetime of Growth, Learning, and Motivation. And I give all kinds of resources that you most of which you pay for and some things you're talking about this chapter that you and i are talking about right now is having a pure mentor that is not charging you a penny and is and is spending time with you because they want to leave a legacy they want to transfer their knowledge and so let's if you'd like we can certainly talk about both but let's start with a pure mentor because you know i am what i am um because i've had mentors my whole life and my two biggest mentors in my life Uh, were my business mentor, a gentleman by the name of Sam Cup, who built his businesses to over $100 million, and he took me under his wing, and he taught me, and my second mentor was my father. And so what I would urge, first of all, is, you know, you don't have to spend money to go find a mentor. Uh, and so first and foremost, I would urge you to think about somebody who's where you are, and like I said, reach out and ask, and, and you're going to hear some no's. These are very busy people, but when you find the right mentor, it's truly life-changing. Now, the other statistic I share is that, you know, most successful entrepreneurs that I've worked with and interviewed and talked to have had entrepreneurs, but many have not. And so it's not like it's a death sentence if you don't have an, a mentor, but I would urge you to find one. They're out there. So that's free mentoring. Um, and with that, what you owe that mentor is lots of feedback, practice what they're teaching you, express appreciation often. That's what fills them up. They just want to know that they're Legacy is going to live on and their knowledge is going to be transferred. The other little trick is if you find a mentor who's where you want to be and it's hard to get their attention, go work for them for free for a year. You know what I mean? Just, just or, or a greatly diminished income. In other words, do what you can to surround yourself with that person. Now, on the other side, you're talking about, yes, I list a ton of resources in the book. Absolutely, you can become part of masterminds, invest in lots of training materials, go to seminars, Certainly watch a lot of YouTube videos, things like that. But, but I'm talking about pure textbook, 
classic mentoring in that first example. Okay, so how, now I got the idea, how do I find a mentor? How, how well, do so they- Starting with, uh, I was taking a sip of water there, sorry for the pause. Um, uh, I keep going back to this, find somebody who's where you want to be, okay? And so finding a mentor, please understand, audience that's listening, it's not easy. You know, it's quite simple, it's just not easy. So you gotta work at it. And knowing the value, it's worth the work. It might take you a year to find your mentor. And so think about somebody who's where you want to be and, and connect to them through your family, through your friends, whatever it takes. And by the way, it could be your uncle. It could be your parent. It could be your brother. So it's, it's somebody one degree of separation from where you are. And, and so do the work. The other thing is call it to you. When you go to bed tonight and every night for the next year, say, bring me my mentor. And so whether that's you meditate, you pray, whatever your beliefs are, listen, when you put something out to the universe, it comes. And so ask for it every night. Um, but, but do the work and you will find a mentor. And I would suggest to you, if you're not, you're probably not working it hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Some people might say, well, there's no entrepreneurs in my family. We all work the classic path. We all have jobs. I don't even know where to start. I mean, I can Google on the internet, but I don't, I don't know what I read about them. If they have the level of success, if they are like a couple steps further along, so I can really learn from them and they would also dedicate their time. Do you have like more practical steps, like try this and this and this to find them? Well, so those, what I gave you, I feel are pretty practical steps, but here's, I think here's the best thing I can say after everything I said. Um, um, it's not a death sentence if you don't have a mentor. So, so be really careful that, oh my God, I don't have a mentor because again, most have them. When I say most, it's like 60% of, of the people I've interviewed and talked to. 40% didn't. So again, not a death sentence. And worst case scenario, if you can't find one because you just have absolutely no connection in the world to anyone, with all due love and respect, I find that hard to believe. If you work at it, you'll find it, but let's pretend you don't. Hunker down, spend a committed amount of time watching YouTube videos from successful, inspirational people. So go to YouTube, go watch TED Talks from people that are where you want to be. Find those, do the work. I promise you in two hours, you'll find 10 great videos. Hunker down and watch those videos because that's free education. That's a mentor teaching you, even though they don't know your first name. So there would be one more practical thing to throw at you. But it's, listen, it's this stuff we're talking about is hard work. And if you don't have these six essential traits and you don't have the drive to do the hard work, please go get a real job. There's no shame in that. The world needs police officers, firemen, teachers, nurses, electricians, you know, the world needs, we're talking about the 4% here. The other 96% of the jobs are desperately needed. So everybody's yeah. not, you know, doesn't have what it takes to be an entrepreneur and it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, totally, totally agree. So that's the past. So now I, I got a mentor. I don't have a mentor, but I'm totally inspired. I'm filled up. I'm ready to go. What, what else could happen on that path that, or maybe even a better question would be when the challenge just come up, like not the tiny ones that I can handle, but maybe something that 
kind of throws me off my feet because I have not experienced it. I don't have any reference points to go through to like, what can you do? Like, how do you handle the situation besides stopping for a moment, taking a deep breath and trying to think? Yeah, and so you're asking the perfect question because these these last set of chapters in this third part of the book, Path, you know, this is all, it's not entirely linear, but it's, I love what you're saying because now we covered those first three, now it's time to move forward. And so this next chapter I call, Take Action, But Be Patient. And so the power of 10-year thinking. And so the next thing I urge and ask everyone listening that's about to move in this direction, be patient. 10-year thinking is, it was transformational for me. I learned it 17 years ago. And if, if you can grasp and apply 10-year thinking to your life, time slows down, you make better decisions. But remember, it's take action and be patient. And so you guys do a bunch of stuff right now, but just know you can accomplish anything in 10 years. And, and so if you're sitting there as a 17-year-old, it's okay to say, when I'm 27, I'm going to take my entrepreneurial leap. It doesn't mean you have to take your entrepreneurial leap tomorrow. Some will. Some 17-year-olds would take their entrepreneurial leap tomorrow and have a $2 million company a year from now. But I will tell you that's one in a million. Stop thinking like that. It takes 20 years to become an overnight success. And so for most of us, it takes us 20 years. And so if you'll just say, at 27, or if you're sitting there and you're 50 years old, just say at 60 years old, I'm going to have this great $3 million business. You'll make better decisions. You'll actually get there faster. So my point, my advice at this point is to just now take action, but be really patient. You will get there. Just do these things that you and I are talking about right now. And then from there, that takes us right into the eight disciplines and the nine stages and we can certainly, again, like we did with the previous, I can give you a lightning fast overview of those eight disciplines, of those nine stages, and we can drill down on anything that uh, jumps out at you. But again, I'm going to follow your lead. Where would you like to go next? Yeah, let's let's go to the stages. And um, just one thing you, you mentioned, which I really like because it's often overlooked or we are with a belief system in our way. You just said when you're 50, you can have that at 60, the $3 million company if you wanted to. And so age doesn't really play a role in this whole game, right? Not at all. You know, it's, it's funny. I have a friend who has a podcast uh, called Living Beyond 120. So living beyond 120 years old. And the truth of the matter is, you know, in the next 10, 20 years, we're all going to be living past 100. There's so many breakthroughs. If you choose to, you will probably live well past 100. And so an incredible doctor, Jeff Gladden, Dr. Jeff Gladden, uh, and I'm going to be doing his podcast, and we're going to have this great conversation because I will admit, you know, I have biases going into this because, man, when you turn 50, 60, 70, 80, do you really have the energy to be an entrepreneur and take a leap? But then I, as I thought about it more and more, it is so realistic and you probably have a chance of being a more successful entrepreneur because you come at it in such a mature way. So long story short, the age is irrelevant. And so if you're sitting there at 60 years old um, and, and you realize either you just retired or you're sick of this corporate gig or whatever it is, you can absolutely take your entrepreneurial leap. There's no question in my mind. Yeah, I, I love that confirmation. 
I have a couple clients. Uh, one is starting to build her coaching business with 55. And then one is building an amazing healer business with 67, I believe. Wow. And it's, it's just so beautiful to see because they bring so much experience to the table, so much passion. They, you know, they've been around the block a couple of times. They know how life works, the ups, the downs, the good, the ugly. And it's, it's just beautiful to see what they are creating instead of saying, well, now I'm kind of old. I might just want to sit on the couch and watch TV. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. And you know, there's a, I wish I could give you specifics, but leading up to this podcast and this conversation about living beyond 120, there's a story I heard about a 72 year old that took an entrepreneur leap. And when I get the story, I just kind of throw it in a file and forget about it until I get closer. So I think the podcast is in a couple months or something. So I wish I could give you the specific, but there's, you know, that's a story of a 72 year old that took their entrepreneur leap. So please, yeah. anyone listening you know, that's over 40, over 50, my God. And you got a lot of life left. And so again, that 10 year thinking, you can accomplish anything in 10 years. Yeah, it's really the mindset and the beliefs. I mean, if you now just, let's just say you decide, unfortunately, I know some people, they say, well, I'm 50, I'm old now. We think like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like that's not an age, right? Yeah, exactly and, right? And then they do start to believe that they are old now and then they get what, old people get like this hurts and that hurts and the doctor appointment didn't work out the way they thought it's like you get yourself into your own way instead of saying you know i'm dynamic i'm young i i'm fit i can do anything i want to and there's so many beautiful examples about you know this this one lady who still does bodybuilding and looks amazing in her late 70s or something mm, or the the yoga teacher that unfortunately just passed away this year she was i think 102 teaching yoga every day she had classes and, yeah, and if i and if i can add to that you know it's you know here would be my wish and dream for anyone listening that feels they're old the reality of it is, if you could figure out what your true passion is, what your true gift is, what the thing is that you love to do, and try the exercise I shared, the 30-minute exercise with the three questions, you're going to get some answers. But the second you get clarity on that thing and you bring that to the world, even if you're charging $30 an hour to deliver that, you aren't going to feel old anymore. You are going to feel so energized and young. You know, knock on wood, I hope I'm going to be around a long time. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow, but I hope I'm going to be around a long time. I mean, I, it, I see no end. In my mind, I feel like I've got like seven more 10-year time frames to create stuff in the world. It's like, it's limitless. Uh, so anyway, for what that impassioned plea is, is worth to your yeah, I, I love that passion and um, encouragement and inspiration. So people like really go for it, right? There is no excuse. You're never too young. You're never too old. You're just in your own way. So, and that's that thing you can solve, <laughs> right? Here, here, yeah, here. let's talk about the nine stages real quick before we, uh, we are wrapping up so people can get kind of an overview and then obviously everybody can get the book. I'm going to link in the show notes to your page, to um, all of your social media so people can connect with you, can um, take the, the assessment and really go deep with this wonderful topic. Fantastic. Well, again, same drill. I'll just move as, through all nine as fast as I can, give you a quick description. And if there's anything you want to drill down on, we can. 
And so I call these the nine stages of building your business. And I try to make them as linear as possible, but unfortunately it's not linear. You know, being an entrepreneur is in a process. It's something you are, and then you just figure it out. Every time you get your butt kicked, you make another course correction and 10 or 20 years from now you emerge an entrepreneur. But here's the best I can describe in a linear fashion. Stage one is generating cash. What you have to know as an entrepreneur, and so there you are listening, you realize and confirm you're an entrepreneur, you've got a glimpse, you know the business you wanna start, you start that business, the second you start it, the only thing to be obsessing about is generating cash. Just focus on selling one. And when you sell one and generate a dollar, sell two and then five, and then 10, and then a thousand. You've got to generate cash, generate cash. Number two is hiring an integrator. And what's important here is you're gonna to decide to hire your integrator on day one or day 6,032, 10 years from now. But every, if you are someone who possesses these six essential traits, you are a visionary entrepreneur, and every visionary entrepreneur needs to be counterbalanced with an integrator. And so that's someone who runs the day-to-day -day for you while you grow the organization to the next level. I wrote a book around this called Rocket Fuel, A Powerful Discovery. Every one of our clients are visionaries, and most of them have integrators, and that's the reason they went to the next level. And again, this is all spelled out in the book. Number three is discovering your core values. And so I urge and ask as early as possible, and this is all part of that vision tool, but you gotta figure out what are the three to seven core values at your core, who are you? So that as you bring people into your organization, you gotta bring people in that align with you from a core value standpoint. We all have different core values. You want alignment there. Number four is holding yourself accountable. And so what you've got to do as soon as possible, hold yourself accountable. What I suggest here is simple discipline. Know your three numbers. Every week, what are the three numbers you need to generate to know that you're going to achieve your vision, achieve your plan, achieve your goals this year? And if you want to take it to another level of accountability, once you know your three numbers, Tell your significant other what those three numbers are because if you really want to put your money where your mouth is, they're not going to let you forget because they're depending on you to build this business. Number five is communicating frequently with your employees. And we talked about this. It's keeping the circles connected. Meet with them weekly. Meet with them quarterly. Be open and honest in your communication. Give feedback regularly. Number six, have a plan B, C, and D. So what's important to know going into this is your first plan is going to fail. Of all the entrepreneurs I interviewed for this, 90%, they had to throw out plan A and go to plan B. And you're probably going to throw out plan B and go to plan C. So that all that says is be ready, just be aware and know that plan A is not going to be the final product. Number seven, steps, stage seven, is staying in your personal sweet spot. This is this thing we've been talking about this whole conversation. You gotta know who you are, you gotta know thyself, you gotta know your genetic encoding, you gotta know your skill set and stay in that. And as you grow the business and you continue to add people, make sure you're hiring people that you're pushing things off to them that you don't like to do. So if you're not great at finance, the next hire needs to be a finance person. If you're not great at operations, that needs to be the next hire. If you're not great at sales, if you're not great at marketing, you gotta hire people that support those weaknesses of yours so you're keeping yourself and your strengths continuing to grow to the next level. Otherwise, you're gonna be miserable doing a bunch of stuff that are not in your sweet spot. 
Stage eight is preventing your business from getting away from you. And this is where you've got to stay true to your core, know your sweet spot. And so what will happen is the more successful you become, you're going to get distracted by a whole bunch of shiny stuff that are, is not in your sweet spot. And what the demise of many companies is you're trying to do too much, be too many things to too many people. And stage nine is capitalizing on coaching, training and mentoring right back to what we were talking about. You've got to stay educated. And you know, you talked about $20,000 masterminds. Um, you know, I personally spend a lot of money on training, you know, on mastermind, on coaching, on, and, and I have, and I've spent enough money in the last 30 years to get an MBA five times over. So, so while I didn't go to college, I spent a tremendous amount of money educating myself and it works out to be about 5% of my income for what that's worth. Uh, you gotta spend money, you gotta get yourself coached, trained, mentoring, and then I offer a bunch of resources for doing that. But again, lots of free resources too. If you can't afford it, YouTube, TED Talks, there's so much, all these podcasts, your podcasts, there's so many resources out there. And yeah. so those are the nine stages. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think there's always, if you want to find a way, you find a way, right? And that's part of the entrepreneurial journey. Like if you can't even start there, then you're definitely not cut out to be an entrepreneur. Here, here. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, just time just flies with you. I'm, I'm sure we could have like another 10 podcast episodes talking about this amazing book. But I would just say is like, get the book, right? <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> get the book and read it, do the homework, get to all the resources you are, you are mentioning and um, really make sure you are on the right path for you, especially the shiny objects is something that at the beginning of the path can be pretty distracting, right? I, I did some investments that weren't that smart because I wasn't ready. It was just a shiny object. And once I realized it, I dropped it, but I had paid for it. So if you don't want to be in that situation, just get really, really clear on your vision on all these pieces and then just follow, follow the great advice that uh, Gino is giving us. Thank you so, so much. Go to e-leap.com and all the links to Gino are in the show notes and the book, the link to the book is in the resource uh, section as well. And uh, yeah, well, what do you want to leave us with today? Well, I just, you know, I, I don't know that I, I, I feel like I've given it all and I've left it all on the table for you. So, you know, as I mentioned in the previous episode, please be honest with yourself. And I can't say that enough because if this entrepreneurial journey is not for you, it's not worth the sheer hell of, of, of taking the leap. And, uh, but assuming you are, and let's hope that you are, because that's what this content is all about is I just, I wish you tremendous success. Uh, I urge you to do the 10 year thinking. That's the best thing you can do for yourself to calm yourself on this wild and crazy journey. And, you know, do what I'm telling you in the book because it, it comes from a lot of experience, the real world, there's no theory here. And that's, I guess, what I would leave you with. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing that knowledge and for the big inspiration. And uh, yeah. Hop on over, people, get the book, and do the work. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there were so many golden nuggets in this episode, and I hope you caught on to them. I hope you have an idea about your pricing, where you want to go, what you want to pursue as an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur in the making, and then also how you get clear about your vision, how you avoid these entrepreneurial mistakes so you can get your business to thrive 
fast and you can really make the impact in the world that you want to make. Thank you so much for having been here. To get the resources, to get all the links to Gino, just hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab, and there you have all the episodes. Find episode number 240. That's the episode of the beginning of the week where Gino and I actually talked about do you have what it takes? And then episode 241, this one, the entrepreneurial leap. You have the show notes, the transcripts, and all the resources. It's all just one click away. And while you're over there, sign up for the empowerment notes. That's empowerment right into your inbox. Amazing stuff that I usually do not share on social media, as well as updates on Heart Sales Podcast and the amazing guests that are here to share their knowledge with you, their wisdom, to support you in your business growth so that you can thrive and build the business you love as well as the dream life. So thank you so much for having been here. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Bye.